0: Production support for Noon Edition comes from Smithville. Fiber Internet, streaming TV, home security, and automation in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com. From the Milton Metz Studio in the Radio TV Building at Indiana University, Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times, along with co host Joe Wren from WFIU and WTIU. And this week we're going to be talking about Bloomington, the new Bloomington Academy of Film and Theater, which is set to open on February, in February of 2019. Bloomington business and artistic leaders are collaborating to help cultivate the performing arts through this new academy. Uh, the academy is a joint venture between Pegasus Productions, the Bloomington Playwrights Project, Cardinal Stage, and the Cook Group. The uh, theaters or the uh, academy is set to open in February, as I said. And this week, we're going to be talking about it with four guests here in the studio with us. John Robert Armstrong is co-founder and uh, the COO of Pegasus Pictures and the Executive Director of the Bloomington Academy of Film and Theater. Pete Youngman is here, president of Cook Group, as is Carl Cook. He's here. He's the chief executive officer of Cook Group. And Diane Bazell is with us. She's the director of the IU Health Foundation for South Central, uh, the South Central Region and a board member and head of dance at Bloomington Academy of Film and Theater. She's also a cardinal stage performer and a choreographer. If you want to join us on the program, give us a call at 812-855-0811 or one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight. 285 9348 You can also send us questions to news at indianapublicmedia.org, and you can follow us on Twitter. At Noon Edition. It's great to have all of you in here in the studio. Thanks it's, for uh, having quite, cool. quite a group of people in I'm here today. <laughs> Joe, it's always good to be with you, too. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're the pro. John, I wanted to start with you as uh, the um, executive director of the Bloomington Academy of Film and Theater. So give us an overview. What is it? What are you, what are you hoping to do? Well, the Academy will be a comprehensive
1: training institution for all disciplines in performing arts. Ranging from acting, musical theater, dance, voice, filmmaking, acting for camera, kind of everything across the board. Mm -hmm. Um, Classes are going to be tailored toward people of all ages and all levels of experience so that uh, young people or adults who are aspiring professionals or young people who want to go off to college or go into the industry to study can get – High-level training to prepare them for uh, a real career in the arts, but then also community members who have a passion for the arts or might like to perform at BPP or Cardinal or get more involved with Pegasus and our feature films can kind of cut their teeth a little bit with, uh, with acting classes and filmmaking and you know get involved um, more in the community and find their passion as well.
0: Before we go any further, I want to ask you about Pegasus because mm-hmm. that's also—I uh, don't think we've done a program on it, but it's something that's about well, to really, be next week. Yeah, new—we're going to have all of you back. So, <laughs> new and a new and sort of unusual thing for Bloomington.
1: Yeah, yeah. certainly, certainly. Um, well, my business partner and I, Zachary Spicer, like a lot of young people who are from Indiana and went to school in Indiana. Uh, We studied in theater arts. We were interested in in performing. Zach loved filmmaking. And so because we lived in a state that didn't offer any opportunities for that, we had to leave. Mm -hmm. So there's a a massive talent drain that happens from universities all over the state for that reason. And so when we set about to make our first feature film, we were trying to figure out a way to to get it done uh, in the vast landscape of media and content and production that's happening around the country. And we said, hey— if we go back to Indiana to do it, it it might matter, <laughs> right. and uh, it might help us uh, in the long run to be able to establish ourselves, to create a name for ourselves. And so um, we had all we just basically got all our friends back together and came back to Bloomington and, and made the movie. It was a crazy experience, but we we got it done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one movie kind of turned into uh, not just a strategy for a film, but. A life's work and a vision and a and a mission for our company. So, I relocated back to Bloomington about a year ago. Um, initially, I thought I'd live in Indianapolis, uh, but we decided to do our second movie in Bloomington as well. That one's called Ms. White Light. It'll release next year. Um, but we happened to connect with these guys from from Cook. Uh, we got a set visit from Pete. And he said, what are you doing? <laughs> I said, we're, we're making movies, Pete. And he said, what do you need? And I said, well, we, we need help and support. And um, so these guys have really rallied behind. They saw the the value in what we're doing. And, and since um, they have really invested in our vision, uh, I decided to invest in Bloomington. So rather than Indianapolis, I, I moved back to, to Bloomington specifically. And uh, we're setting roots here. Okay. And there's great partnership and And opportunity we
0: need to plug the first movie of course it was the good catholic the good catholic yeah it's on
1: netflix now uh please that's where i saw it yeah please check it out uh next time they come out you know watch them before they go to netflix uh (laughs) sorry (laughs) it's okay it's all right it's a good stamp of approval for our first film it was pretty great Uh, we had uh, zero experience producing a film uh, which was probably why we did it because we didn't know how hard it would be had we known we never would have decided to to embark on that endeavor, but we got it done, uh, which most films just don 't even get made it 's one thing I learned about filmmaking is everybody 's got a film, and most of them aren 't getting made mm-hmm. uh, but we got it done, and um, it uh, had a life we didn 't know if we made any if the movie was any good turned out okay, uh, did well in festivals and got national and international distribution and And then Netflix picked it up. So, uh, yeah,
0: we were pretty excited. So, Diane, you've been involved in the arts in Bloomington for quite a while. So what's your role going to be with the Academy?
2: Well, besides being a a board member uh, for the Academy, I'll also be the head of dance. So we're working on um, a, a strategy to have musical theater dance, tap, some jazz, possibly some ballet. And as John said, from young age all the way to adults. I have found that there's been a lack of dance classes for adults in this community that don't necessarily want to be ballet dancers, but they want to be on stage. I've done about 17 or 18 shows with Cardinal as a choreographer, and people are always like, where can I take a dance class? I'm an adult. Where does that happen? So mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a great opportunity for the community.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I want to ask both of you, before I turn to the, the Cook guys, uh, about you know, how unusual is this for a community like Bloomington to have it? Are these all over the place, these academies? No, or is I don't TV? think there's one in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to coming back
1: to Indiana, Zach and I both taught at the New York Film Academy, and and I've spent a lot of time in education, uh, specifically in theater, but teaching acting at film school. And the New York Film Academy has everything, bachelor's degrees in musical theater, f- uh, filmmaking, animation. It's a full-service thing, but it really doesn't exist anywhere else. So this is just um, uh, it's a really, really unique thing. And, and I want to emphasize specifically that... All it's just an opportunity to connect a lot of dots. There's a lot of great work happening in Bloomington already, and we just kind of came in at a and at a specific had added something new, um, and and were able to connect connect people that were already doing great work to create an academy that's really just an
0: assimilation
1: of a lot of the great talent and and uh, artistry that's
0: already here. I kind of apologize for the informality of. The Cook guys, but Carl Cook and Pete <laughs> Yankman are are here, and you know I, I'll turn to Pete first, I guess. So why? What's what's in it for Cook? I mean, why should Cook get involved in something like this?
3: The first time I heard about Pegasus was, I think my wife said, "Hey, there's this movie called The Good Catholic." Somehow I missed. That you guys were making a movie in, Bloomington. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only person who didn't know. About it. Well. So I came out, and my wife said, "You should watch this." And I was like, "Oh, it's just one of those student films. I don't need to. <laughs> I've seen those before." Yeah. So she kept badgering me, and I watched it. I was like, "Oh, this is this is actually really good." It was a, it was not only was it a great story, it was shot well, but it also showed Bloomington in a really wonderful light. And so that caught my attention, and then somebody came and said, hey, these Pegasus guys want to use our cafeteria cook for a, a set. And at first I was like, well, that's going to be disruptive, and so no. And then I saw an, an article that Bob, I think somebody at HT wrote, that interviewing John and Zach and talking about what they were trying to accomplish. And usually when film come to town, right, they just kind of come in, they do their thing, and they pack up and get out. And that's kind of what I thought Pegasus was. And then I started to understand that that was totally not what they were trying to build an actual business here in Bloomington and trying to connect the university, students, interns, uh, the local uh, acting community, and, and really build something here in Bloomington. That really piqued my interest and I think our interest at Cook because when you have something like that in town, it makes the town much more interesting. And like you said, there aren't very communities that have uh, what Pegasus brings with the Institute, Cardinal. Uh, BPP. You put those things together, that makes Bloomington really unique. And just from a purely a, from a cook perspective, anything that makes Bloomington cooler is great for us, right? <laughs> it Helps us attract people, helps us um, keep our employees here happy, and gives us something to do. So we were really pretty excited about what they're trying to build. Mm-hmm. And Carl, so you uh, you you've
0: been involved with cook for a long time since you were born pretty much besides that i mean cook has had kind of a large long history of supporting the arts in one way or another in town
4: well yeah you know there's um, star of indiana of course was a group that a lot of people remember we've sponsored at various times um, cardinal little bit with the the playwrights almost any arts thing here in town we've had at least a little bit of a connection with over the years uh the school of music and uh i think from from my standpoint it's it's a little bit personal because my my younger daughter eleanor expressed an interest in in acting you know how do you get on tv and you try to explain (laughs) that you know and and um you know, my wife Marcy was looking around for places where she could take classes or learn more about, and there there was absolutely nothing here for that, especially TV or or film related, and uh, little little bit of stage, you know, cardinal stages, things like that, and so they were having to take little weekend trips to places like Chicago and New York and so on, e- even to get a little bit of exposure to mm-hmm. what's involved. And to have something like this right in town, mm-hmm.
3: I think is going to be fantastic. I, so I also want to know. maybe just jump in there. and uh, So Cook has been supporting, obviously, through all those things Carl has talked about, but also the Grand Street Inn. Uh, I want to just say thank you to the team at the Grand Street, and maybe, John, you could talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, they have quietly mm-hmm. been supporting the arts in Bloomington for a long time by providing Rooms when we have the availability to the acting community here in town allows some of these shows to bring in performers and have a place to stay right downtown. And yeah, uh, you know, John, I think you've stayed there probably quite a few times. Yeah, I lived there for most part of the year <laughs> uh,
1: until yeah until I set they have down my own roots. room somewhere. Yeah. Right yeah. yeah, I have my favorite room. I'm in there right now actually. Um, no, they've been incredibly supportive, and and that's something I really didn't realize either is how much. Cook is behind the scenes a lot in Bloomington in ways that people don't really uh, know. I don't think you really knew that at the beginning. I, I, I had to tell you that that <laughs> I, was happening. I, I said, where
3: are you staying? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you there?
1: And I said, well, they're supporting it. And uh, they had arranged that with the Bloomington Playwrights Project and Chad, and they saw the value of what Chad was doing. Um, so, yeah, it's been a really, really great gift. It allowed uh, some professional artists to come in, and and that just gets everybody to... Uh, kind of raise their game. You know, when you have a professional designer or actor come in from another city and and they get to work with local folks, it just makes everybody
5: better at what they do. Now, is this academy for anybody or is this just for people in Bloomington? Who will this serve? It'll serve everybody. It depends on availability
1: during um, what we'll call the academic year, I guess, the school calendar. Most classes are evenings and weekends. So if... If people are in a proximity that allows them to do that, then they can in the summertime they 'll be longer um, intensives week long two week long and so if young people are on breaks and and they want to come and be a part of it, then then absolutely we're kid one of our goals is to keep class sizes pretty small, so there 's a lot of hands on experience so uh I encourage people to go to the website, which is uh, www.thebaft.org. And pre registrations are, are open now for our first term starting in February. Mm-hmm.
0: If you have questions or comments about The Baft, that's the mm-hmm. Bloomington Academy for Film and Theater, you can give us a call at 812-855-0811 or 1-877-285-9348. You can also
5: follow us, news at indianapublicmedia.org or Twitter at Noon Edition. John, you said earlier how you, know, you left Indiana, but you, you came back. Mm-hmm. first there wasn't support, but now you're seeing support. Are you seeing even more support? And anyone can jump in, too, through the state, um, through more than maybe just the, the cook group.
1: Uh, <laughs> <where> <laughs> or is that a, still a challenge? There's a learning curve. There, yeah. there, there, is a, there are a lot of people that are interested in seeing this happen. Um, the tourism statewide and in Indianapolis have started their own film offices. So there's Film Indiana out of the state tourism office and Film Indy out of Indianapolis. And they're working to put forward some favorable tax legislation to support more filmmaking. A lot of film companies avoid Indiana for that mm-hmm. reason. They can get nice benefits in other states. Again, we saw that as an opportunity, so we did it anyway. Um, so there, yeah, there is support
3: and enthusiasm around it. But it's there's true, a learning yeah, is curve. It, I mean, is it, mm-hmm. I think one of the, going to school a little bit on some of the issues that uh, Pegasus has been facing. I think Indiana has been reluctant to create tax incentive for movies because they're afraid the coast are going to fly in, film their movie here, get the tax benefit, and hightail it out. And I think what John has been trying to show is that what they're trying to build is something completely different. They're trying to build the infrastructure, the talent base, the people right here in the state. So um, any way we can get that message out that what they're doing is different, and that really needs to be uh, its just like any other job, right? They're trying to keep uh, talent here in Indiana, help solve the brain drain, keep people uh, interested in what we're doing here in, in, in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I think we had a, a program on this um, about the film in Indiana a year or two ago, David Onspawnspo yeah. was on mm-hmm. the program, I can't remember who else and I think they talked about Georgia as Yeah,
1: Georgia, so Atlanta, Atlanta is Hollywood East. Right. Uh, a lot of people mm-hmm. don't really understand how that works, but if you know, if we would have made our our movie in Bloomington, Illinois, we apply for a tax incentive, they will after you spend the funds, literally write you a check for your thirty a third of your budget back to you as a rebate. And Georgia has seen billions of dollars in statewide revenue from the investment that they've made, it comes back tenfold in sales tax and uh, uh, employee taxes and then the, tr- the uh, tangential effects in the area of business. It just creates a big boon, just like you know, they, the state made a big push for the Super Bowl. It's kind of the same thing. They built an airport mm-hmm. <laughs> and a convention center to get the Super Bowl because you see a huge economic impact from that. And hopefully it's residual. It lasts a long time. It's the same philosophy with filmmaking. The issue that the state sees is, as Pete indicated, it's transient by nature. So people kind of come in and leave and kind of carpet bag. Uh, But also there's a concern that it doesn't really lead to full-time employment because everything we do is contractual. You you, You build a business every time you make a movie. But if there's enough of that, then you build a production studio. And then films come in, and we have – our goal is to grow a workforce that is working full-time year-round, um, both through our academy and for the films that we do. And and uh, hopefully we're the only game in town. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. uh, Carl, I don't want you to – I don't want to just pass over the Star of Indiana and what that brought to Bloomington, Monroe County, and the state, and actually the world
4: ultimately, because the Star started and then Blast came from that, right? The, that's right. So the Drum Corps – Essentially morphed into a series of Broadway shows, and they 're still touring there's there 's a group a blast group that 's going to go to Japan early next year and tour in japan mm-hmm. and um, I just talked to Jim Mason who 's still running that today. And he's got plans for uh, another tour of the U.S. in about two years. And that was so what I mean. it, it's still going. It's not it's not part of us anymore, but it's right. still out there on its own and, and going. It was
0: another. I you know we we have people kind of come and go in Bloomington. A lot of people will remember it, but a lot of, for a lot of people that's probably brand new today. But it was with another one of those unique Bloomington things that. You know, Cook helped get started, and it grew
4: into a a Broadway show. Yeah, uh, which nobody anticipated, obviously. But how did that uh, happen, Carl? So, what what, yeah. what point did somebody say, you know, what did your dad or you well, or somebody? Well, said, it 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 happened. Star of Indiana won the World Championship of Drum Corps International in 1991, and. Um, they they were one of the youngest cores to ever do that. They're the only core in modern drum corps history to go to the finals their first year of existence. Uh, that's like starting a basketball program and going to the final four, uh, your first year. But um, they, Jim Mason was sitting there. Go okay, we've won it. Now what do we do? What's what's a new challenge? And they decided well maybe we can take this on the road repackage it as something else and rather do competition um and of course that the the initial uh thing to come out of it was something called brass theater with the canadian brass and they toured around the us and then that evolved into a broadway show that actually started its first year over in london because of tax subsidies mm-hmm. and uh,
3: <laughs> so uh so, John, you may not have known, but you actually have. We we, we, we call ourselves Tony Award-winning producers. Oh, that, yes. that's right. The, oh, I'm well aware. The, I was in.
1: I was an undergrad when yeah. Star of Indiana happened, and my there. mentor George Penny, uh, that's right. a choreographer. For, I watched that whole thing unfold. Mm-hmm. I would like to it, it, just to stick speak. with us, John. We'll we'll make sure you have some success. Thank John. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna I need some friends in high places. Uh, I do want to speak to this because I think it it really points to a larger. Um, issue, I think, in the arts in Indiana, I, I should say with, with theater-going audiences in Indiana, which is, I live in Indiana, I, uh, so all the good things happen some other some other place. You know, Broadway is where things really happen, and, or L.A., and so when Rent comes to the IU Auditorium for its 25th anniversary, they don't realize that that's a tired old show uh, and... Um, it doesn 't do anything for bloomington and and when, when things from outside the state come here what 's great for Bloomington and in Indiana it was when new things are created here and they have a life beyond so it 's while some people in Bloomington may not know that uh, blast started here and now it 's someplace else, but everybody who picks up a program for blast right now is going to see that it came from Indiana, and that kind of stuff is what puts us,
3: quote-unquote, on the map. That's the power, though, too, right, of Bloomington Playwrights Project? Exactly. And your, what you're trying to do at the Academy, that's what makes it truly really unique is that uh, BPP is focused on original content. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're going to be able to provide that along with Cardinal, the acting community and the The talent community, I think, really has something to work on now, a base to work from.
1: Exactly. And combining Cardinal and BBP and us. So Cardinal offers the classics, things that we should continue to do, the the classic works uh, of musical theater and Shakespeare and plays that we all know and love. we got to support those. They do Tomorrow's Classics, which are the most recent uh, Broadway, off-Broadway plays that people don't know but have already been – validated through success and we got to know what those tomorrow's classics are going to be and then bpp is doing new original work these are world premiere plays for the most part um, that live on from Bloomington, and and those are the classics of the future. So, uh, if you have a chance to see Beauty and the Beast at IU Auditorium versus Beauty and the Beast at Cardinal Stage, go see it at Cardinal Stage. But it's clearly a new not Rent. A, Anybody who likes <laughs> rent, Don't see Rent, please. <laughs> what people also don't understand is they say, "Well, why can't my area high school do a production of Rent?" Well, it's because people are still buying tickets to the. IU Auditorium or other versions of it, and so they won't release the rights. And so you can't do it in your high school. So
0: please stop seeing rent. I'm going to write an op-ed about <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is op-ed. not the direction I thought this would go world, <laughs> but, uh, We're going we're to have to take a short break. You're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back.
6: From the Milton Met Studio at IU's Radio TV building, this is noon edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville, online at Smithville.com. WFIU News covers South Central Indiana and the state throughout the day at WFIUNews.org and on Twitter at WFIU News. You can watch unfiltered video of breaking stories on Facebook Live. And you can get a digest of all the day's top stories delivered to your inbox each afternoon. It's a free and easy way to stay on top of the headlines, plus the in-depth audio, video, and print news stories you can't get anywhere else. Subscribe right now at WFIUNews.org.
0: Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Salzberg from The Herald Times along with Joe Wren from WFIU and WTIU. Today we're talking about the Bloomington Academy of Film and Theater and a whole lot of other stuff (laughs) about the arts here on Noon Edition with John Robert Armstrong, co-founder and COO of Pegasus Pictures and executive director of the Bloomington Academy of Film and Theater. Diane Bazell, director of the IU Health Foundation for South Central Region, and also a board member and head of dance at the Bloomington Academy for Film and Theater, uh, also, and she's also a cardinal stage performer and choreographer. And Pete Yonkman, President of Cook Group, and Carl Cook, the Chief Executive Officer of Cook Group. If you have questions or comments, give us a call, please, at 812 855 0811 or 1 877 285 9348. You can also join us, news at Indiana Public org, if you want to send in a question, or on Twitter
5: at Noon Edition. Joe. Diane, can you speak a little bit about the. Um the growth of Cardinal Stage Company too because that was something that started small and now has gotten to a whole other level and it's, it's part of a resurgence, I feel, a little bit of the arts culture here too isn't it?
2: Yes it is so I was the development director for Cardinal Stage for several years and I came in when it was about uh, five years old and Randy White was the founder and artistic director as well as kind of being in charge of marketing in the business end and um, I think that he brought professional theater to Bloomington in a different way than, say, the IU Auditorium does, Uh, hiring equity actors um, from out-of-state, but really hiring a lot of local actors from the college kids through talent that just lives here in Bloomington. Um, So I think it brought um, some energy to downtown, uh, performing at the Buskirk Chumley and the Waldron. Um, And now it's kind of cardinal 2.0 2.0 with Kate Galvin uh, taking over as the artistic director, um, and again they do high quality theater. Some of the things that you could say, I, I could see this on Broadway. That that's how good and strong mm-hmm. um, the, the company is, and it has grown um, in the last. We're 11 years old now, um, to an over million dollar company here in
0: Bloomington. Now, you know, Randy was on the show a few times. Kate hasn't been on yet but if she's listening, she could call us in (laughs) if she she wants to. But the other thing about Cardinal uh, you could address is is their commitment to kids. Yes. So could you talk about that a little bit?
2: So when I was uh, part of the development team at Cardinal, we came up with a Cardinal for Kids which is allowing children to come see theater at a greatly reduced cost because Randy always believed that theater should be accessible to everyone. So there's a huge campaign that that Cardinal continues on today with Gabe um, about raising funds to get kids to theaters and having matinee performances that that kids can come and that uh, kind of helps with everyone because if you get children interested in it then they want to take dance classes they want to take theater classes they want to be a part and not only are you um, building an audience for the future you're also building some future performers when they come to see theater some of them have never seen live theater before and hopefully those kids since this is a collaboration with BPP and Cardinal um, they'll come and take classes and, and get involved mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and um, the BPP also has uh, educational programs. They're in the Boys and Girls Club. They teach classes, and in in regional schools uh, around the county, they teach classes in writing and and play development and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So uh, Cardinal has had some form of education. So has BPP, um, and then as as Carl alluded to, there are, are parents in town who have kids who want to train and do more. But uh, with these organizations, no one really had the full bandwidth to do it on a on a large scale. Right. So we just kind of came in and said, "Okay, let's let's make a one stop shop where all these pieces can come together, and people know where to go, and everybody benefits from it in the long
0: run." So talk about the physical structure of this academy. Where's it going to be,
3: and you know when's it going to be open? Pete, you want to talk about it? Well, uh, Carl's the construction guy. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Carl, you want to? <laughs> so. Um, uh, CFC,
4: which is our real estate arm, uh, has had the old Red Cross building next to Grand Street Seventh Inn. 7th Street. 7th right. Street, that's right. And uh, over the years, we we purchased it thinking we had all sorts of ideas. Um, but finding a use for it has actually proven to be difficult. And along comes – the I actually first heard from John – you know, because Pete said he's he's looking for a place to put this idea he has and and um we cast around for for buildings and, and this was sitting there and we, we took a look at it and said, we could actually make a soundstage out of this. We we could make a not a huge studio, but we could make a workable soundstage out of this building. And so that's The renovation started last week, and it's already pretty far along. It'll be ready by the beginning of of this coming year, Mm -hmm. and uh, it'll have a sound stage and all the things that go with that technical really facilities so right next to Grand Street so. right next to Grand Street mm-hmm. yeah. two or three Round blocks town. from campus next to my so house where John
3: lives yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: I can tell you this all happened we were having dinner over at Marcy and Carl Cook's house with Zachary Spicer and John and we're sitting around the table talking about this space and mm-hmm. towards the end of dinner all of a sudden Zachary and John and Carl get up and get in the car it's dark outside <laughs> yeah, they're around. driving yeah. around Bloomington Marcy and I were like, okay, I guess this is happening.
0: <laughs>
1: I think uh, it, when people get a look at what's going on over there, they're going to be really, really surprised and impressed. Uh, uh, the great uh, construction team at Pritchett, correct, um, is over there. They basically just blew out the second floor. So it's floor to ceiling. There's a catwalk. Um, the guys are outfitting it with the equipment that we need. So it's a it's a really um, it's a great investment, uh, uh, sizable on the part of the Cook Group. And so we're so grateful, and we feel a tremendous amount of responsibility
3: to to make it successful. But I think through this partnership, we can It It's kind of an easy decision. I mean, Carl's made the decision, obviously, for that because uh, he he knew that space and knew how that could work. Uh, but I think it just fits with what we're trying to accomplish as a community. Mm-hmm. And I, you didn't talk about this, but I think about what the film part of, of Pegasus does and then what the acting uh, arm you're really providing an access point um, for anybody who's interested in the arts. Yep. And, and not in just sort of in a, in a, you know, one day kind of come experience acting. This is for some people who really want to be serious about it. Mm-hmm. You're also going to provide opportunities, I think, for, for, the, for our, uh, the people who are in, studying at IU right now. Mm-hmm. So the students normally have to go out to the coasts. If they want to get real world experience. If they want to actually see a, mil- a movie being made. You can't do it here, mm-hmm. but now they can do it right across the street, just a few blocks away. I think that's a huge benefit for the university, for us as a community, and again for Cook. It's a great uh, way to attract people to come here. Quality of place, all of that. It's just a. It's a really great. You might talk about the partnerships that you have as you're making movies mm-hmm. uh, that you have with the university and some of the uh, yeah. uh, com- the community here.
1: Yeah, the the media school in particular has been really excited about what we're doing. We've now, uh, we hired about, we had about 30 interns on The Good Catholic. Um, we hired four of them into paid positions on our second film um, and then did another internship program. So there was, and then we've, we do high school projects throughout the year as well. So um, we did our third film in Indianapolis uh, this summer. So we've got students from IU who've now done three feature films and are debating if they want to go to Los Angeles and get coffee uh, <laughs> or if they want to stay in Indiana and start, you know, really getting some some quality experience. So we are. We're creating opportunities for students and trying
3: to cap that brain drain. Um, the real-world so practical speak. experience that I think is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We see that in our partnerships with IU. It's one thing to be in the classroom talking about how to make a movie. But then to actually go see the chaos that moving money-making, <laughs> especially around you. It is organized <laughs> chaos, yeah.
5: So I'm trying to wrap my brain around more about, like, the curriculum. Uh-huh. We're talking a lot about, you know, dance, of course, and movie and, and, and film and so forth. Is, is that where this starts, or I'm thinking visual arts, administration, marketing, you know, how, how far, what's all part of this curriculum to start?
1: Well, you can think of it in terms of, of discipline and age, so, things will be in uh, if you go to the website, you'll see that they're kind of listed in youth, teen, adult, and professional development. So, there are some classes I've spent a lot, of, a great deal of time uh, the last couple of years in New York. I was an executive coach uh, teaching public speaking and performance to non performers. Um, I find that, you know, I have an MFA in acting, but I run a film company and started a private equity fund and, you know, I have to go out and raise money. That, they didn't teach that in my right, MFA program. Right. Um, right. But I think my ability to be able to communicate, which came from my theater background, um, is really important. So there are professional development programs as well. And then when you when you click inside of each one of these portals, so to speak... Classes are offered uh, in acting, musical theater, dance, and filmmaking predominantly. Um, But it'll be cross-disciplinary, which means, like, for example, in the the first term, the playwrights, excuse me, the screenwriters are going to work on content that the actors will practice in their acting classes. And we'll all come together at the end to do a project where the filmmakers film the scripts that were written in the Academy and performed by Academy students. So content will be produced from this and then we can submit these things to festivals and they can, they can live on and have uh, real hands-on practical experience um, in those disciplines. So they'll, they'll mix together. We also have ideas about as we grow doing uh, crossing dance into film and music video, uh, uh, expanding the art form in different
3: ways. You still um, haven't included mm-hmm. what I want. What What do you want me to talk about? So you, there's the curriculum of you have to teach me how to edit film. Oh so, yeah, yeah. So I can put my kid on YouTube. Oh yes, right, that. right. So yeah,
1: they uh in, in the second eight weeks. So it, so people kind of know. Uh, the first eight weeks will be February, March. There'll be a second eight weeks, uh, April and May, roughly summer term, and then we do that again in the fall. In the second eight weeks, there will be an adult filmmaking class. Um, adult filmmaking class? Well, uh, a filmmaking class for adults. Uh, <laughs> we call it practical a, a, photography. <laughs> this is a family program. Oh, sorry. And we're like, well, that's why I was uh, trying to correct you. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, well, who knows? You know, if it tanks, we might look for other opportunities <laughs> for revenue. Uh, but, but yes, like I find that a lot of adults... Um, Uh, are buying incredible cameras for their home videos and vacation videos and they don't know how to use them and certainly don't know how to edit the footage. So um, we'll have an adult uh, geared Filmmaking <laughs> Class <laughs> Filmmaking Class for Adults I am going to go on the website and change the title of that class <laughs> um, who, so they can learn how to use these amazing cameras and edit the footage and uh, do that as well and then uh, I, in the second eight weeks the films that we make in the first eight weeks will go into a post-production class so they'll learn how to edit that footage and, and put it out as well That's and eventually a uh, filmmaking class for, for kids uh, so adults can learn how to, there'll be a um, a small studio that people can rent and work with a filmmaker on an hourly basis. So, yeah, if your kid wants to be a YouTube star, be a YouTube star we'll have a little soundstage space for them to be able to record and, and edit those
0: those videos as
1: I'm well. I'm
2: pretty sure the children today can already do it better than mm-hmm. their parents. Oh, my might. goodness. It's true.
0: It's uh, true. Uh, I'm going to give our numbers again one more time. If you want to join us to talk about uh, the, the Bloomington Academy of Film and Theater and all these other topics that have been popping up, 812-8550-811 in Bloomington or 1-877-285-9348 outside of the Bloomington area. You can also send us questions, news at org. You can follow us on Twitter, at Noon Edition. I want to ask about this intersection of business and arts because I think that's a really important thing. The arts has... Um, I'm sure the arts can survive on its own in some areas and sometimes, but usually you really have to have some support from outside. And then, you know, Pete and Carl, I mean, uh, you know, I guess I'll ask you the same question I kind of started with. I mean, why is this so important, do you think, for your business, your business, Cook, and for the community that
4: you live in? Carl? Well, I, I think Pete touched on it kind of in passing, anything that makes Bloomington more interesting, more appealing in the long run will help us because one of the things that we fight is attracting talent to move to Bloomington and and, and staying in Bloomington. And the kinds of things that enable people to want to stay are cultural things, things to do. Uh, there's no. This is not a magic bullet. I'm not expecting all our problems to be solved just because we're helping start a, a film company, but it's just one of the things that kind of goes into the mix mm-hmm. that helps. Mm-hmm. And uh, as Pete said, anything that makes Bloomington cooler mm-hmm. is probably good for us in the long run. Right. Yeah, businesses understand that where
1: culture thrives, so does commerce. Mm-hmm. I mean that, that's what draws people. You said quality of life.
3: Yeah, and you know you think about so we're, Cook is a, uh, a sponsor of BPP, their season this year, so we're able to uh, provide our employees opportunities to go to the theater for free, see shows they would never have seen before. Some of them are interested in taking classes through the academy. They take their kids to Cardinal Stage. I mean, all of it just enriches what's possible here in Bloomington, and those are the kind of things that spread word of mouth. And if if people are asking, what's it like to live in Bloomington, those are the opportunities that I think uh, make it truly unique. I don't think you get that. Uh, You may not even get that in Indianapolis, to be honest. I don't know if there's a place where you can do all three of those things in the same way you can but there's not a sense of community like yeah. there is here right. that's what I really love about Bloomington is it's
1: it's large enough to have resources but small enough that you can run into people at the coffee shop
0: yeah mm-hmm. we have a uh, phone call so uh, you want to put on your headphones Charlotte is calling Charlotte
5: yes I have to turn the radio off um, <laughs> yes my question is will there be uh, an outreach to the music uh the music people in town. There's, we've got a tremendous number of musicians in town, and there's no focus for for turning their their talent into a real industry in another level. Um, and so I'm hoping that music will be included, or maybe that'll be an adjunct at a different time. Okay, you speak to that?
1: That's a great... Yeah, thank you for the call, Charlotte. You're exactly right. Um, I, I'm in a unique position to run this thing, because uh, when I started my... Uh, academic career at IU. I was in the Jacobs School of Music as a vocal performance major. Uh, eventually got a degree in musical theater and an MFA in acting and then somehow I became a film producer. So I kind of touch all those disciplines. Um, but on the outset, we do, there is a vocal music department that's going to be run by Amanda Biggs, uh, who most people know from the community, a wonderful singer, a wonderful voice teacher. Um, we have brought on two other voice teachers to kind of create our own voice department. That's the the easiest synergy um, we down the road there's so much potential um, we do have a uh, the composer that does the film scores for our movies um we we his name is zachary walter he's an incredible composer um, and now there is a composition program at iu as well so in terms of instrumental music it certainly plays into filmmaking and obviously into musical theater. So on the outset, we want to, um, you know, get our legs underneath ourselves, but there's obviously opportunity to, to branch out beyond just voice but into uh, instrumental
3: music as well. Well, and think about the relationship with Secretly Canadian too, right? So, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. People haven't seen Miss White Light yet. I've had the opportunity to see it. It's fantastic. Oh, thank you. Uh, I mean, it's it's one of those things that, um, you know, you'd look at it and you say, you're proud that this is made in Bloomington, mm-hmm. and it's not. Um, it's not. It's beyond just a. You know, sometimes you work really hard locally to make something, and it's, you feel proud of it for a different reason. But this is. This is really high-quality filming.
1: Yeah, well, and, 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 and talking about Charlotte's question, um, and your mention of Secretly Canadian, Ben Swanson has been music supervisor for our film. So um, they kind of curate um, the songs, the actual uh, recorded songs that you hear in the film. But the score that's composed for the film was composed by Zachary Walter and performed by musicians in Bloomington. So, um, yeah, we do touch music. Uh, hopefully we can include it in the Academy itself at some point.
0: All right, Charlotte. Anything else?
5: No, that's all for
0: now. Thanks. Uh, all right, thanks. Thank, thanks a lot for your call. If you have uh, questions or comments, eight one two eight five five zero eight one one or one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight. News at IndianaPublicMedia dot org. If you want to send us a question and follow us on Twitter at
5: noon edition. You know, I was just thinking about our listeners, people. Um, outside of Bloomington, too, who are listening to this, Columbus, We I, there was a film done in Columbus called Columbus. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. So can anyone uh, speak of, uh, upon just the, maybe that resurgence of art outside of Bloomington in Indiana and how the Academy could also it, not just help Bloomington but help Indiana?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There are films that you can't make Columbus in in Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> you know it's a different. The, the backdrop of that film was the beautiful architecture in Columbus. That that was the reason that film was made there. I don't know uh, how many local filmmakers were brought on to that film set. Uh, I'd be curious to know. I I've, I don't know any personally who have who have mentioned it. So some films do come in. Um, they'll get made and then they'll leave, as as Pete indicated. Um, but with the accessibility of technology now, we're not filming on film anymore. It's not as expensive to make movies as it used to be. And the, and the proliferation of, of uh, streaming video and video on demand has, has just opened up the marketplace so that companies like ours can play uh, in the landscape. When we opened uh, when The Good Catholic released on iTunes, we were on the top banner next to Wonder Woman. So, I mean, that's prime <laughs> shelf space. You know? Uh, and
3: it matters. It matters a lot. So, um, it matters I, to Indiana, too. So if you think about just a simple statistic: In the next ten years, we're projected to need a million new people to work in the jobs that are being created in Indiana alone. Hmm. Our growth rate is twenty-five thousand people over the next ten years. We're going to have to attract a lot of people to want to come to Indiana. It's things like this that put us on the map. They make they have create high visibility, and people want to be a part of it. So those are things we we need to support, uh, not only for Bloomington but just for the. The brain drain is going to happen in Indiana. And these are jobs. I mean, to work in filmmaking
1: or in theater, you don't need a four-year college degree to to do that. So we are training people. We have some people who've interned and worked on our sets who are not college students, young people who are gaining practical skills, and they're working on commercials now. And they just want to work in this industry. That's a conversation we had at the IEDC this week about looking for uh, skilled job training that people can do, um, and what their concern is is if a tax legislation does pass is having the skilled workforce and infrastructure here to be able to be able to do that so certainly these are um, it 's a real career it 's a real industry that people can get real practical experience at at our academy and on our sets and be able to um, you know make a living doing it
2: well, I think from the dance and and possibly uh, vocal um, experiences. I've choreographed in Bloomfield, I've choreographed down in, in Bedford. And and for musical theater dance, there's not really any place for these kids to go. And there's some talent in both of these communities and they were always asking me, you know, I, I want I want musical theater dance and musical theater training. Cardinal has hired a couple of people from both of those communities because I saw them in high school. They were incredible. I said, come audition. Hmm. But what they're looking for is where to take classes. And so that's kind of the outreach of this academy to provide this kind of training for kids outside of Bloomington.
0: So can you sort of project down the road a little bit? I mean, for each of you, what's, what's success going to look like, say, in you know, one year, three years, five years? What's success for this academy going to look like?
2: I'm going, to speak, I'm going to speak from a dance, yeah. a, a dance component. I would like to see a, a wonderfully strong <laughs> curriculum where um, young children can come in, uh, like an Eleanor Cook, and we've got it. We put her in a track of something that she's interested in doing, and she gets the dance, the vocals, the film, and it and it progresses these students uh, through a program. So when they want to audition for college, we're prepping them for all of these things.
0: So I have to ask, how old is Eleanor? So, how old are we talking about? Uh,
4: Nine in January. Okay, so nine nine year old. Nine year Mm -hmm. old.
2: Okay. Instead of just having a one off class, there's actually a curriculum Mm -hmm. that we can move Mm -hmm. students through. Mm -hmm. So, if they want to go into theater, if they want to go into film, if they want to go into voice, They've, they've worked through a program.
0: So it sounds like, um, if I can follow up, it sounds like if they're then applying to the Jacobs School, they can, one of the things on their uh, resume when they're applying for the Jacobs School is they spent nine years in the Bloomington mm-hmm. Academy of Theater and Dance. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: For people who want to go that route and get a, a liberal arts degree or, or go to the music school, certainly. I'd, eventually, I'd love to have a two-year certification program mm-hmm. so that people can get all the training they need and, Find their place in the industry that they want to have. At the same time, creating creating professional opportunities. So, if those people just want to stay right here in town and work for us, we have enough opportunity for them to do that. Um, and then, I. Uh, but I also part of the mission of the academy is to. I keep telling the instructors to to meet the community where it is. And as I uh, alluded to earlier, the disciplines that we teach uh, have value to everybody. I mean, everybody can um, improve their own quality of life by, by taking classes and being involved in the academy. So my uh, big vision is just to enhance, um, give everybody one of my, on the, on the website it says every story every voice. Everybody has a story to tell and everybody has to find a way to tell that story.
2: Well, and we can also talk about people who, this it might be something they've always wanted to do. They don't necessarily want to be on stage or in a film, but they want to take a class. Oh, absolutely. They they, they want to uh, express themselves.
1: Well, two of the classes that are being offered at the beginning, one is a a Shakespeare class. It's a Shakespeare studies class. So anybody who either loves Shakespeare or is terrified of Shakespeare, (laughs) um, uh, that's one thing, being from someone as a a first-generation college student struggled academically early on. Once I found theater, I started to gain my sense of confidence and Shakespeare really opened up a lot of intellectual doors for me. So that's an area where people can say, hey, you know, m- what are they saying? Mm-hmm. When they Why do people still do Shakespeare? Pete, you should come take Shakespeare. <laughs> uh, so that'll be great. There's also going to be a group voice class. So for folks who love to sing, but uh, don't necessarily want to you know, drop the money to take private lessons. They can come and study voice in a group setting and just be a better singer in the ensemble or at their church. Um, so many people love to sing. And then, of course, things like public speaking. And uh, there's a class called Improv for the Office. So people who uh, – uh, we have a great instructor, uh, Jim Inselda, who's going to teach improv for professional development as well. Um, I'm on a tangent, but, oh, but that's I like the idea.
0: It. No, no, that, that, keep... I like it. That, That's quite all right. So um, we have less than three minutes to go. But, wow. Uh, Carl and – Pete, so what's success look like for you guys?
4: I I think if if this becomes self-sustaining yeah. <laughs> uh, at, a, at a certain level, and of course, it's got, it's got a for-profit side that's going to make movies mm-hmm. and a not-for-profit side that's going to do education, and I think if, if both of those grow and establish themselves to where they're mutually self-supporting, then I think that's going to be a huge success. Okay.
3: So I was thinking about it. Diane was talking that um, a really important definition of success would be whether or not uh, she's taught Carl and I to dance. But <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's my challenge. Uh, and yeah. may not be, let's keep things
4: in the realm of the possible.
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, I, what Carl said is great. If if, if this can become self sustaining, it can grow um, and reach its full potential, and then. They kind of feed each other, right? So they, the the not-for-profit side feeds the film side and mm-hmm. vice versa. Yeah, the space will be available for rent as well, um,
1: the equipment as well. So I've already talked to local filmmakers and the university who want to get access to some of this equipment because some of the cameras we'll have just aren't even available in Indiana. So, uh, yeah, to speak to your point, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, so
3: if, you, if at the end of this three years, if we start, you know, the the, the movies continue to be high-quality movies and, uh, people in the community are saying, man, I'm getting some great opportunities here to be in films, to to have access to teachers. And, um, you know, if our employees come back and say we love living here because my kids are in Cardinal and uh, they got an opportunity to be in an original play at BPP. And then um, they're studying with with John and with Diane. I think that's a great thing for all of us.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, John,
3: last thing, your uh,
0: website if people want to know more and how do people enroll in these classes?
1: www.thebaft.org. And enrollment is online. It's uh, pre-registration is free just to reserve your spot. We'll confirm things in January. There'll be an open house uh, the third week of January for folks to come and see the facility.
0: Okay. We are out of time. I want to thank you all. It went very fast today. I want to thank uh, John Robert Armstrong, Pete Youngman, Diane Bazell, and Carl Cook. For Patrick McGurr, our producer, Engineer Mike Pashkash, Joe Wren, and myself, Bob Salzberg, thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks.
6: Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production
0: support for Noon Edition comes from Smithville. Fiber Internet, streaming TV, home security and automation in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com.